21 minutes after 7 p.m. It's our wrap of the top business stories. Markets having closed, of course, two hours and 22 minutes ago uh, at uh, on this uh, Wednesday. And, uh, of course, tonight we take a look at the big stories coming out of uh, company news, uh, but also uh, seeing some stories coming out of... Um, uh, Tangart, insofar as the development there. I think many of you would know Tangart in October announcing it had gone into business rescue. And uh, of course, that business rescue process overseen by Meta Strategic Advisors. It seems now a consortium of cane growers has come to the party uh, looking to supply Tongat. And uh, we might want to start with that story. But let me first say, Lochan, Masile Lagunjan. Awesome stuff, man. Always a pleasure. Tongat goes into business rescue now in October. And uh, we certainly did cover this uh, to some degree of length. We even had a chance to speak to some of the cane growers uh, from the association there who were saying, look, their payments, I think, at the time for August uh, and September uh, stood in jeopardy. Those have since been made. Uh, but uh, Tongart very much still in the middle of a business rescue process, and it seems there's a potential suitor here, a consortium which is expressing interest in acquiring some of the assets of uh, one of the more recognizable sugar producers in the country. You know, yes, we know the story that the guys want to apply. They have submitted the proposal. But, I, you know, the long and short of this, this will be a very interesting transaction, mm. and I think it deserves all the necessary support. I mean, if you've got your suppliers, Obviously, they will try to involve your small-scale suppliers and probably the strategic guys who probably understand the operations much better and guys in some deep pockets to help them with the funding. That will be very interesting. And I think maybe if that gets to be successful, it's something to be learned, you know, especially with these companies of ours that we see them getting into trouble, getting into business rescue, and ultimately after two or three years, still, you know, they don't are able to get out of the situation and they get to be liquidated. I like the approach and I just hope that even the bankers, they just listen to them, that guys will give you a chance. All I'm saying is that I don't expect anyone who's got keen interest in transforming the industry to give these guys the real commercial terms. You can give them what you call this fancy words of yours, concession loans, you know, mm. this kind of soft loans that they at least it does even have a social impact on it because usually when you come with something that has a social impact, then you can at least try to ask for a concession loan. And if these other guys will be supplying and these other guys who want to run the operations, what else do you want? And you know, I guess this is probably quite synergistic as you're saying. What else do you want? I mean, this is probably a vertical integration play the sugar producers are buying the mills uh, in Maidstone, Amatikulu, Felixton, and other places, and the refineries and also the feeds business, and effectively securing, I guess, a future for any of their subsequent planting or harvesting seasons. Um, sure. I mean, for what other reasons, maybe, Mark, where would the business rescue practitioners probably not look upon this favorably or look maybe at another deal more favorably? I think it will boil down to pricing at the end of the day. Sure, Remember, sure. in the question of business rescue, they have to negotiate with the lenders. Mm-hmm. But guys, the high cut that they're prepared to take on every rent, you know, whether it's 80 cents, then they give you 20 cents, stuff like that. So 
So, unfortunately, when it comes to this kind of things, it boils down to the rent and things. Because when you look at other things other than the money part of things, meaning the offer which is not yet being disclosed, then it all makes perfect sense. So as a lender, if I have to approve that business rescue plan that is to be presented, I think by end of January, I'll also consider my loss is that I'm prepared to take a loss of how many percent. So I'm suspecting it will boil down to that because if you're not nice to these guys as well, these are the very same guys. Who can sabotage you going forward? Then the, I guess the other question is, insofar as this is concerned, um, I mean, wh- what to do with that massive property portfolio? I understand over the last few years or so there's been questions around restructuring it and so on. Um, but whether or not you go and buy the sugar-linked assets of Tongat, you still are going to be left in your balance sheet with sure. large tracts of land. What happens to that? You can, you can do what you've seen, you know, what old mutual, old mutual did, you know, when they were buying out, is it uh, go-life? It's not go-life. The one that was owned by the guy who was running Bitfest. Uh, Joffy, Long for Life. Long for Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They bought Long for Life, and then after some point, they decided to sell the certain the, the likes of Sopay. Yes, what I'm trying yeah. to say is, when you buy a company, you might not like other assets. After a certain, after some time, you can dispose of some of those assets and lend itself anyway. They'll be able to generate quite good amount of money. Maybe they can fast track the transactions when it comes to selling some of the land. But mm. there, are, there are different options, you know. So, you so, so, so let me get this right, Makwe. This consortium of Kane Grows is buying the whole thing, right? Most, Food of, the, stoots, most of the assets. Or most of the assets. So, so you can cherry pick which ones you want. Yeah, no, you, t- you you take everything, lock, stock, and barrel, unless, okay. if somebody, unless if somebody comes and joins you and says, listen, we want only that other part. But if there's no one offering to take, say, the land in this example, okay. you know, then you can take everything. After a certain period, then you can sell whatever you don't like. And you might even make good money out of all that, you know, when you sell it later. Or you can have a situation where you buy 80%, you know, of the assets, which are mainly... Uh, to has to do with the mail stuff like that, and you get Aya as well coming and putting an offer to the business mm. rescue practitioners that I will take this at a certain amount. At the end of the day, their responsibility as business rescue practitioners, they have to make sure that they get the right deal mm. for the lender. Mark, let's leave that one. And uh, certainly, I guess a lot of developments are going to be seen in the next six to eight weeks there, because we might be hearing a lot more from the business rescue practitioners sometime in January. Uh, and head out to the property sector, Real Estate Investment Trust, Fairvest, um, recently on the back of their acquisition of Arrowhead. Um, talk to me about who they are. What, what type of properties do they own? I understand it's about a combination of 141 properties across different yeah. retail, office, you know, and other segments of the property market. 100% dividend payout ratio, happy times for anybody who's invested in this region. Happy times. Yeah, but who are these people? Who, who, who's Fairvest? You know, these are the guys who own what you are clear, water crossing, your bar present, your Sibilo shopping center, your Embargain shopping center. Mm. I think they also own the likes of Collinate. And as you are saying, these guys, they matched with Arrowhead, I think, in January, creating a property company holding diversified portfolios of retail office yeah. and some industrial. And I think it's very good around 12.1 billion. But now, Let's start with office. We know that office has been a challenge. 
But we know there's still a huge demand when it comes to A-grade office space. And the guys don't have a lot of those. Industrial, we know there's been booming. Retail, we know, especially retail in areas outside your high LSM areas. Mm. I mean, those rural uh, shopping centers or township shopping centers, they continue to do well. And hence, it's not surprising to see their vacancies being reduced to 5.9%. Can entertain higher of 87.4%. But I think of great importance is the loan to value. Yeah. It's at 88.1%. I think for the sake of listeners, they need to understand that as a general rule, a higher loan to value, the more expensive your borrowing cost will be. Because lenders consider people requiring mm. higher MPV as being higher risk. So, Anything below 60 gets to be acceptable. And I think people are not aware even when they buy properties themselves. You know, usually banks sure, will behave if sure. anything is under 80%. Mm. So sitting at 88.1 is good for them. Revenue up 266%. And Marco, maybe just that, point, just that point on loan to value. I mean, as, and I like the example you made that even, you know, when people go and get their own bonds, yes. property by its nature is a very sort of... Um, I guess, debt-intensive business, right? You need a lot of leverage if you are a real estate investment trust because I don't think there's anybody liquid enough to go on the type of shopping expeditions companies like this go into. Um, So that they've been able to expand the value of the underlying business much wider than maybe the uh, principal value of the loans uh, that they hold um, in order to continue to compete in this market, I think is, as you say, quite commendable. It is. And they will continue, especially after now, having matched with Arrowhead, then they stand a very good chance to continue to keep the loan to value around those levels. And I think, for me, anything under 40 for this kind of guys, it should be okay mm. because they'll be able, as you're saying, to raise funds much easier going forward. And assuming that the economy gets back to where it's supposed to be, then definitely we'll start seeing a nice uptick yeah. when it comes to those retail centers, when it comes to those industrials. And obviously, some of their warehousing will work fine. So, yeah, hence the guys could afford to pay you 100% dividends. Hey, 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 hey. Payout ratio of 100%. Remember, rate has got this whole thing to maintain your rate status. You should be at least paying out, I think, a minimum of 75% of your distributable income. Yeah, three quarters I can hear, Makwe. Four <laughs> out of four. Uh, <laughs> But, you, I, but I guess you're get, right. It get shows. Get yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess people are putting money in the reeds who are going to get used to a payday here. But I think the point is, is you know, in some cases, when people do go around, say, a payout ratio of eighty percent, they take that twenty percent and pay down debt in some cases, or you know, undertake disposals and stuff uh, for the same end. And it seems with these guys having a loan to value of around thirty-eight percent, or you know, thirty-eight cents in every rand in value that they have, they probably. The best thing to do here maybe is to pay pay our shareholders. If, if I invest in a company, I can only make money when the share price goes up mm-hmm. and also when the guys pay me dividends. Or when they buy back their shares. That's for long-term investors. It's a nice reward, I agree. Mm. But mm. after some time, after buying back their shares, the shares it means it's going to increase their earnings and our dividends will be okay because we'll be fewer of us 
Then let's leave that one for a second. And uh, just as we wrap up, come to the story of the financial statistics of general government for 2021, uh, which I guess gives us some complementary clues about where we are um, insofar as the public sector's income statement and balance sheet are concerned. What, what did you make here of what came out? And I want us, let's maybe start on the revenue side of things insofar as taxes collected. And uh, we also know 2020 and 2021 uh, for all levels of government, national, subnational, it uh, was not a good one. Um, and in this instance, of course, revenue down 114 billion um, insofar as uh, collections of tax, uh, well, revenue collections. And then of that, 114, 108. Uh, so, bulk of that uh, coming in lower taxes and also, I guess, lower interest on the UIF and uh, municipalities also are coming in, I guess, uh, with the lower interest as well. And I found this one interesting. Sand parks, you know, the tourism establishments owned by the state uh, also uh, came in, uh, I guess, with much lower service revenue, which means they're probably not getting as much by way of tourism arrivals. And I guess it makes sense, you know, given that, number one, the economy is not doing that great. Number two, given that we know that the likes of tourism, as we're talking about Sun Park, has been affected, so revenue expected to go down. And I think maybe the another point that we have to check out today, the interest as well, because remember in the environment where interest rates are going up, so mm. the interest as well gets to go up. You know, I just saw something very interesting earlier in the day. I think it was released by the Institute of International Finance that the total debt by households, businesses, and governments stands at 290 trillion U.S. dollars. So, we have to put that into context. So it's not surprising to see that revenues are not that impressive because the government can only earn their revenue when mainly people are paying taxes. So if you've got only resources company doing well, contributing better part of the revenue, other companies struggling, it becomes a problem. And remember, generally, I pay as you earn is your largest contributor. But now with people losing jobs, stuff like that. Yes, we've seen unemployment uh, picking up a little bit that it just improved, but in general it's not a clear and a great picture if you compare that with the 2019s of this world. Mm-hmm. And and I guess the other one, of course, is, is on the expenditure side of things, you know, Mark, where what do you make of the um, increasing obligations um, and they come at a I mean this report comes at an interesting time where there are negotiations between workers in the public service uh, and the employer um, and the bulk it seems here of uh, I guess uh, that op- OPEX number being made mm-hmm. up of uh, wages uh, spend on goods and services coming in close there uh, and also uh, social transfers uh, coming in at 335.17 million um, yeah. or three, yeah yeah somewhere there 335.17 a billion, I should rather say. And then, of course, interest on uh, debt, which is also coming in there, I guess, in close proximity to what is being paid on grants. All of these, yeah. I guess, signals of a few things. The one is how leveraged the state is. The yeah. second one is the growing requirement in a context of unemployment. And you can see it in lower personal income taxes, but also deepening unemployment, creating a situation where more and more people are on social welfare. Uh, and add to that, I guess, then the other dynamic, which is uh, a very fractious industrial relations environment uh, insofar as the workers are concerned. Uh, what do you make of all of these things? Um, and I guess what clues, if any, they might give us about what uh, Finance Minister Inok Kodongwana set to say the next few months? 
I wonder economy struggling. I wonder why it's not doing okay. Okay, maybe just starting with the banks. Banks, when they're in trouble, they go to the big brother, which is the Reserve Bank. Mm. When the economy is not doing okay, people losing their jobs, people not surviving, then the government has to step in. So it's expected that in times like that, you will expect your social expenditure to go up because you need to do something. And what we've done, the Kormier, compared to what other countries are doing, is nothing. And now we have to start spending more on social things. Unfortunately, we are doing that at a time while your income is or your revenue is down. So as a result, it's going to leave that huge deficit. Then what do you do to finance that deficit? You don't have much of a choice, but at least either you roll over your current debt or you go and ask for more debt. But as you're doing that, the interest is required to be paid. Mm. And remember... People are happy because I don't know the South African points, but we grew up knowing that the treasuries, you know, are the safest things you can ever get, that you are guaranteed that those guys won't default on you. And so far, South Africa is not defaulted as well. So why not continue to lend the money? So it was kind of expected. So come February next year, we're going to be in a situation where, yes, we've been getting some revenue in the form of taxes from this resources company, but that's not sustainable. So I think the guy has to make sure and also to make make sure that he pleases the rating agencies, which are also waiting for the February budget to come with the statement, whether, what are they doing with our grading, then they have to make sure that they try to contain that expenditure. Mm. And hence, they are trying to be very strict when it comes to the public sector wages, saying the extra 4.5% is not pensionable. That's has a very serious impact on their revenues as a government compared to if maybe it was a blank 7.5% wage increase. So that's yeah. trying to... That's see, a serious balancing act. Mm, and, and you see the, the other challenge is that the balancing act itself, you know, uh, whichever way you choose, has massive implications because remember mm-hmm. with the workers, you're, you're no longer bargaining now for three years. I mean, the workers, I guess, in light of their own experiences, are saying uh, we take a year-on-year deal now. Uh, so whatever happens now, um, in the next few months, you're back at the bargaining chamber. And, um, you know, uh, if each side antagonizes the other, it's set to get more yeah. fractious in the medium so, term. And I think maybe what they should be doing in that instance, you know, come with a wage offer and then mm. also come with measures to try to show people that I'll at least try to caution you, caution you when it comes to other uh, social increases the cost of living. I mean, if people knew that at least, you know, mm. when it comes to health, it comes to petrol, the swimming, electricity tariffs, at least the government is helping from that end, then it's something. So people are facing this reality that the cost of living continues to go up, hence they also continue to be very hard mm. when they because we are not offering them any other thing. Because if maybe say I'll subsidize your transport more, I'll subsidize X, Y, Z, I'll make sure that regulated prices don't get out of control, you know, try to help where you can help us with the government. Then you combine that there's a package that you mm. offer them. Probably they might in this and they might, I don't know. Makwe, always a pleasure, my brother, catching up with you. Thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Makwe Maselela, Chief Investment Officer and Founder, out at Makwe Fund Managers.